Say, man, who's that cat coming down the street? I don't know, but it sounds to me like that's just the man with the bones. Sure having himself a ball. Welcome to the Be Legendary Podcast. Hey, I'd like to welcome our very special guest, uh, Coach David Grace, uh, great college basketball coach, known reputation as being one of the best college basketball coaches in the country, and excited about this show because we're going to be talking about things that just are, you can't find out there if you're a coach that wants to break into college coaching. Uh, this is going to be the podcast to listen to. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Gary. It's always hey. a pleasure to talk yeah, to I appreciate you and get going. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we go way back, uh, back in the early 2000, 2001, I think it was. Yeah. You and I are co- both coaching club teams in Phoenix, Arizona. And, and now look where we're at now. So now yeah. you're the man. You're the man in college basketball. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, so um, we're going to get right into it. Uh, one thing about Coach Grace is and I've observed uh, over the last, I don't know how many years, he has risen uh, in this profession, uh, a profession is very difficult to do. And what we're going to do is find out from Coach Grace himself uh, kind of just how he did it. I know he's not going to give away uh, too many secrets, but a great uh, outline for you out there that, that want to uh, either make it in uh, college coaching or you're already there, but you want to work your way up. So we're going to start out. I want to find out from Coach Grace your very first college coaching job. Sacramento State. Took wow. a- Took a a $20,000 pay cut, slept on the floor in the locker room. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. And uh, so tell us about when you got there. Uh, Obviously, probably not what you expected at the college level, but why don't you kind of go through that a little bit? Well, when I first got there, I went into the gym, and I was totally shocked at how bad the gym was. and I love Sacramento State. I love the city. I'm a big fan of the Hornets. Uh, it's my first job, and I'll always be grateful. A beautiful campus. There was great people there. Uh, we had a great AD. We had great coaching staff. And um, um, But when I got there, the, the gym is, is a bad high school gym. Uh, six rows on each side, I believe, and they're all bleacher seats for the most part. And... Um, so that was the first reaction when I got there is like, you know, I, I know they hadn't been division one for very, very long. And, you know, if, if that place ever gets a gym, it would be the gym of, of the big sky conference. And uh-huh. I, I, I love Sacramento state, but that was the first impression. Yeah. I remember, I remember uh, when you got there now, obviously uh, before you thought about going into college coaching, obviously that is not at all what you expected. So once you got there, how did you handle that? And, and uh, you know, obviously you did a great job there. Why don't you kind of go through that? Well, I was like a kid in the candy store because I reached my partial dream. Both my dream was to, to coach in college, Division One, and, and I, I got to reach that. And my other part of that dream is I want to be a Division One head coach one day, and I'm still on that journey. So, um, um, but to get there and to be at Sacramento State uh, – you know, we struggled financially. I just I remarried. I had four children. Um, had custody of my children as well. So, um, but we made it work. And uh, 
And I learned an awful lot that year. I learned what to do and what not to do and um, was able to uh, land the, the freshman player of the year in that conference uh, and then Vinny McGee. And I'm very proud of him because he's assistant coach now at the University of San Francisco. Um, um, played at McClyman's and was able to land him right away. That's my first recruit. He played for the Oakland Soldiers. And um, um, he was the freshman player of the year in that car. Never got to coach him, though. I was only there one year. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm very thankful for Jerome Jenkins was the head coach to take a chance on me. And and I also learned, uh, you know, um, how different the college game is to the high school game. You know, it's, it's just a different different uh, uh, level. And, and I, I got to know that right away. Uh-huh. So, so after yeah, you mentioned something that, that always is, you know, when you recruit players, you, you pour your heart and soul into that. And then you end up having to leave, uh, which is really, you can't control that. Uh, so I know that's very difficult, but one thing about coach Grace, I've noticed too, he keeps in contact of all the players he's recruited which is, again, something just not done. You know, you leave, you get another job, you forget, you know, generally they kind of forget about who they recruited and worry about who, who they're recruiting in the present. And that's one thing that you did not do. And I know that for a fact, again, a quality you have that just, uh, is, that's an exception to the rule or the norm. So Sacramento State, you leave. Tell us about uh, how that went about, you know, you applying or, or kind of how you did that. Well, you know, I was, you know, I'll never forget what happened. I was in the office with Jerome Jenkins and we were, we had finished the season. So we were talking about the team and what we needed for next year. And we didn't have any money to go out, you know, but I was going to go out on my own dime to just to bring us some players so we can get better. And um, so I was in the office with him and then I got, I received a phone call from Jesse Evans, who was the head coach of the University of San Francisco. And Jesse called, and, um, and I, you know, I, I felt kind of awkward because I was in the, in the office with Jerome. And Jerome said, David, do you, do you need a little time to talk on the phone? And I said, yeah, if you don't mind, can I step out? So I did. I came back in, and he said, it, it's, it's another coach wanting you, right? And I said, yeah, <laughs> it is. And... Um, I, I knew Jesse. Jesse recruited some of my kids in high school. He was the assistant coach of the, at Arizona when they won a national title with Lute Olsen. So I, I knew him. And, you know, and he offered me, he doubled my salary almost. Uh, and he brought me up and I went into the WCC. So I couldn't, re, I couldn't return that down. I, I felt bad for Jerome. And, uh, but Jerome, you know, he understood because that's part of the business. And he was happy that, you know, at least we got Vinny McGee. So uh, he did well with Vinny. So, and we stay in touch to this day. I, I try to stay in touch with everybody. You know, life is short, man. It's more than just basketball. And I tell kids they always got me for life and coaches as well. That, that's a great story. So, you know, you, you mentioned USF. You know, I coached at USF for six years. So I know all about USF. So you get there. Tell us about, uh, you know, your first impression when you got there. And then uh, talk about the end of your career at USF, which I think is uh, fascinating. So why don't you go ahead and uh, go into that? Well, when I got there, we we actually had a, a nice gym. <laughs> Way better than the one at Sac State. So Memorial we Gym. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a real nice gym. It's not an arena, but it's real nice. And the great history of San Francisco, you know, the 
coaches like yourself and all the great coaches that were there before me and all the history, you know, the Bill Russells, you know, you can go down the list of all the great players that played there. And it was in one of the most incredible cities in the world in San Francisco. And uh, even though I got a jump in pay raise, the, the cost of living jumped up as well. So mm-hmm. we, yeah. uh, we barely made that, you know, um, so I was just happy to be there. You know, Coach Coach Evans gave me a lot of responsibility. I did every scout on that year, uh, which is un- unheard of. I did uh, most of the recruiting, and uh, he he really allowed me to learn. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, we're playing. You know, we're playing Louisville. You know, Rick Pitino. So I'm doing Louisville scout. You know, and uh, of a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, against the Hall of Fame coach. So knowing all his plays and all he do, it was a great learning experience for me that, that year. Mm-hmm. But there was some other sides to it that I really learned from as well. Uh, halfway through that season, um, Debbie Gorman, who was the AD at the time, she was brand new. She told Jesse Evans to say that he was sick or whatever, and he was they were going to bring in Eddie Sutton. So, uh, you know, that was the 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 bit side of the business that it was a business and uh it's not always uh you know up and up so eddie sutton mm-hmm. eddie sutton came in which was another opportunity for me to learn from a hall of fame coach with over 800 wins and um you know he he did he didn't he helped me he really did he really took time out uh you know, I did the scout of the first game at, at Weber State, and then you know, obviously, you know, there was some other stuff that went on. But uh, I really learned a lot from Eddie Sutton. I, I learned from Jesse Evans, and uh, and also learned the negative side of the business of uh, AD coming in wanting to make a change. And uh, uh-huh. um, so from there on, I actually took the job back at Deer Valley High School. We had beaten them in the state title title game um we won by 21 points and the ad remembered that so uh he wanted to hire me and i did for and i was the coach for what two months two maybe two Uh two months and then um craig robinson michelle obama's brother gets oregon state i didn't know him he calls me and and wants to do an interview and he flies down to to the phoenix airport we do a two-hour interview in the airport and he gets back on the plane and goes to corvallis and he hired me you know, so I, I really thought the world of that. And I then I moved up to Oregon State and uh, was the director of basketball hops for just a couple months. A guy named Robert Eichardt, who runs who runs BTI AU program in Los Angeles, was going to be the third assistant. And I didn't know Robert at the time. And Robert was going through uh, the summer AAU. And then after that, he was going to come up to Corvallis. Well, during that AAU period, I asked Craig Robinson if I could go out since I'd already taken the test and I was assistant coach already in San Francisco, and he allowed me to go out. And before that July period was up, we were able to land Roberto Nelson and Joe Burton. And uh, Roberto was a, a Pac-12 Pac scoring champion, and, and, and then Joe Burton, who's still playing to this day, broke all kinds of records up at Oregon State. Led, mm-hmm. led it uh, for a big man. Led, led an assist all th- four years that he was there. So, um, and then uh, Robert decides not to come up, and Craig Robertson moved me up to assistant coach. So that's how I got into the Pac-12 
Pac-10 back then, and then it, it became uh-huh. Pac-12. There, there's two things I want to point out. One, uh, when you got to USF, uh, and, and this really does not happen, especially for uh, a new assistant coach, him letting you take over the scout and, and, and handle that. Usually it's somebody that's already on staff or even they do it themselves. So, so what a great opportunity for you. Uh, and that's, that's a tribute to you, of what Coach Evans thought of you. But, but that's number one. Second is the business side. And for the people that, that aren't involved in college coaching that want to get in, you know, that's just a fact of life uh, with that business. You, you might, uh, like Jesse Evans asking to step, being, uh, to step down, had nothing to do, in my opinion, with his coaching ability. It had to do with getting a big name like Eddie Sutton. It was like a one-shot deal to get the publicity, which USF got, you know. So that, that's another that, uh, you know, sometimes coaches are let go for a business side that has nothing to do with their ability to coach. Very true. Now, the, the other thing is the fact that the Oregon State, Coach Robinson, called you and you didn't even know him, called you at a high school in, in, in Arizona, so uh, I'm I'm very curious to find out how that went down, how he found out about you, because you're now only into your what third year coach, college coach. Yeah, when he did that, yeah. So kind of explain that. And I know you're not one to talk about your ability and stuff, but obviously there's something that you had done that caught his eye. Well, I think you know um, Doug Stewart was on his staff as well. And when they came out, they didn't have anybody with West Coast ties. You know, they're uh-huh. coming from Brown University. And, um, you know, word got around that my work ethic was, was what it was. They, know, they, they respected I did 20 years in the Air Force. They knew I wasn't going to cheat. You know, they knew I was going to do it the right way. And I think they respected that. You know, I, I, I'm very connected with... Uh, multiple AAU programs, so they needed players because they were taking over a program that went 0 and 18 in the Pac-10. So, um, and they they respected my uh, my um, uh, I guess integrity. And and, uh-huh. and you know, like Craig Robinson used to always say, "Hey, we we can't cheat because we won't be on ESPN. We'll be on CNN with the, with <laughs> President's brother-in-law." So uh, uh-huh. I think they really respected that. Uh-huh. So, uh, moving forward, you were at, at Oregon State how many years? Five years. Five years. Tell us, and uh, I'm assuming that's kind of uh, where you got most of your education as a college basketball coach. Kind of tell us, you know, what you learned, the, the things that you learned that weren't good, that you changed. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? And the things that you took with them with yourself to your next job. Well, I, I got to learn the Princeton offense from Craig Robinson. You know, I also got to see what it's like to coach at the highest level in college basketball in the Pac-10 and then become the Pac-12. So I got to do scouts against some of the best coaches in the world. Um, And uh, I was able to, uh, you know, see the recruiting side of of the Pac-10 and the Pac-12 going from a, a... to a, a you know a small college town in Corvallis, which is not really easy to get to, and to be able to have great success there. I mean, we we did we you know we led that league in scoring and running the uh, hybrid Princeton offense. We've had we had number mm-hmm. one draft. I mean, number uh, first round draft picks out of there. So we had a great run. We won seventy eight games while I was there, and that 
hadn't happened 20 years before before um you know uh gary payton was there so mm-hmm. we we recruited great classes and uh so there was a lot of great things happen um I learned how to recruit against other Pac-12 players, uh, Pac-10 and Pac-12. You know, we got Roberto Nelson. I got Roberto Nelson uh, from UCLA. And you do that off of relationships. And, uh, um, and, you know, those were a lot of the positives. Some of the negatives was, you know, um, you know, it's it's hard to, you know, you, you're, you're competing with your hand behind your back because the talent level uh, per se is not like it is in LA. So you, you got to get on an airplane and, and go, go to different places and get talent. We did that. We overcome that, but we, we were, we had one arm tied behind our back. Sometimes you don't always get the call like you do in Pauley Pavilion as you do in Gill Coliseum, you know? So, um, I, I learned that real quick when I went to UCLA, you know? So, uh-huh. but, uh, overall Craig Robinson was tremendous to work for. I'm a big fan of his. I'm so glad and happy that he's at the NABC as the, as the chairman um, is what we need in, in coaching. And, um, you know, we, I still stay in touch with the staff. Um, they're all doing great things. And uh, we had a great administration there at Oregon State. I think it's a sleeping giant. I think you can win big there. And um, we've had we had a great run there. Uh-huh. So, so Oregon State, and you mentioned you say so. So, when you left Oregon State, talk talk to them about how that went down and where you landed and how that that was your experience there. Yeah, it's crazy because Steve Offord hired me. He didn't know me either, and it's a great story huh. with that. Um, I was recruiting Craig Neal's son. Uh, that's Noodles. Um, yeah. Noodles was associate uh, head coach at University of New Mexico, where Steve was. So the year before Steve gets UCLA, uh, Craig Neal thought he was going to get Colorado State. So he really liked how I recruited his son, and he asked me if I wanted to come and join his staff at Colorado State. Well, that didn't happen because he didn't get the job. So when, when, when Steve got the UCLA job, Craig called me right away and said, hey, I want you to come aboard with me in New Mexico, but I want to sit down with you first at the final four. So I said, okay. So I fly out to the final four and I land and my phone has got like 30 text messages. And I look at them and they said that Steve Offord is very interested in you at UCLA. So I I was like in shock. (laughs) So I called a couple people that I knew. And uh, then all of a sudden I get a phone call from, from Steve Offord. And he says, hey, I'm, I hear we're in the same hotel. Uh, can you can you interview with me in an hour? That was 8 p.m. that night. So I said, sure. You know, and then I, you know, my mind said I was going to interview at New Mexico. So now I'm trying to do all the history of UCLA, try to get all the facts I can to be ready for that interview and know, get to find all the things I can about Steve. And then uh, I get 15 minutes after that, I get a text from, noodles and uh craig and he says hey are you interviewing at ucla i said yeah he said well you can't interview at new mexico then i said i started laughing <laughs> and uh so i called him and you know he said grace i can i can give you way more money than steve could now you know we gotta remember steve and craig are best friends so they talk yeah. all the time so 
So I said, you know, I got to go do this interview. It's UCLA, man. I got to go do it. So I went and did the interview. At the This is very important, I think, for people to realize. In the interview, the interview went two hours. And halfway through the interview, we're up on the top floor in a suite. And um, Coach uh, Offert's family is in the suite. So his daughter walks in, and she's a sophomore in high school at the time. And I stood up when she came in and I went over and, and introduced myself to her. And then I went back over and sat down. Well, after the interview, uh, and it, I'm going to tell you what, why that's important. After the interview, coach Neil said, uh, I mean, uh, coach Offord said, you know, you got any questions? I said, yeah, when are you going to make the decision? Because I have other opportunities. I'm going to interview this weekend. And he said, well, um, who are you going to interview with? And I said, well, um, I'm supposed to interview with New Mexico. He starts laughing. He said, I don't worry about that. <laughs> so so then, then I told him I'm going to interview the next day with uh, Grand Canyon. Dan Marley had just took in the job and he wanted to interview me. And uh, he said, is that a D1 or a D2? So he's joking. You know, Coach Offered has a sense of humor. Uh -huh. So then I, then, yeah. then I said, uh, he said, you got anything else? I said, yeah, I got USC on Monday. Then he got serious because that was his rival. Um, and he said, well, uh, I'll give you a call tomorrow morning uh, before your uh, your interview with Grand Canyon. And and you can uh, and we'll, I'll decide probably then. I said, thank you. So I go out the next day. I comes 1155, maybe 1150. Uh, I ain't heard from him. So I'm thinking I'm not getting it. And then he calls me and he says, Hey, I'm running late. My son Bryce Offer was in a three point shooting contest. And I had some other uh, obligations. He said, go ahead and go to, uh, to the grand Canyon interview, but I need to know Craig Robinson's number. Can you give it to me? So I did. And uh, so I go through the interview at grand Canyon and then I, I, I'm walking out of the Final Four, and as you know, I'm in a suit, and I'm in the in main lobby. So everybody's coming up to me saying, where are you interviewing? And then Craig Robinson walks around the corner, and I had told <laughs> Craig because I didn't wow. know about these interviews till that night, you know. So um, he asked me what was going on. I told him. I told him about all the interviews I got, and he said, okay. And I said, Steve Offer's supposed to call you. He said, cool. So at that point, I just stayed in the lobby. And maybe an hour later, uh, Craig walks around. You know, Craig was very popular back then because of the Barack Obama thing. And uh, he walks back. He said, hey, is this, this is Steve's number? I said, yeah. He says, I'll call him. So he calls him. I go and change. About an hour later, uh, Steve Offer calls me and says, hey, you want to go to dinner? So I said, sure. So I go to dinner. He's not talking to me. It's like five other people. And he ain't saying nothing to me. So I'm eating. I don't know anybody at the table. I'm eating. <laughs> I'm just eating wow. and not saying. I'm like, why are you bringing me here, man? So after he got finished, he, you know, he was wow. joking and stuff with other people. Then he turns to me and he says, hey, David, you know, in my 22 years of coaching, I never hired anybody I didn't know. I said, sir, I, I, you said that three times in the interview. And I really respect that you really appreciate that. I said, but 
Craig Robinson didn't know me neither, and Jerome Jenkins didn't know me either. And he said, uh, yeah, I know. And, I, and Craig Robinson told me, too, he gave you a great review. He said, you're a great guy. He said, your integrity is where it needs to be in this business. And he said, but the most important thing, you see that young lady at the end of the table? <laughs> he said that no one has ever stood up and introduced himself when she came in the door. And that right there, uh, she said, I better hire you because I'll have it rough in the house if I don't hire you. <laughs> I didn't hire you. So that's how I got hired at UCLA. That's a great story. Unbelievable. In fact, you know, I'm like stressed waiting, you know, to, to find out you dragged this thing on. It's a good thing that you're not OCD like me because I would have said right away, hey, I need an O-Coast <laughs> offer now. Instead of you being patient like you were. But but the fact that you stood up and shook her hand, that, that tells exactly the kind of person you are. So important for the coaches that are listening to this because, hey, that has nothing to do with X's and O's or what a great recruiter you are. It has to do with people skills and, and you know, big heart and empathetic. And so uh, a great story, you know, can go on and on about you. But anyway, so you get the job. You know, I know Coach Alford, he recruited one of my players, Tony Snell, and I know Noodles real well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you had me right there right. in that story. Love it, love it. So you get the job. Uh, so take us through now. You get to UCLA, which obviously is going to be a lot different than Oregon State and USF and Sacramento State because you're right in the thick of L.A. where all the players are. So why don't you walk us yeah, through Yeah, and it's the most pressure-packed job I've ever had in basketball. I mean, it's not close to when I fought in the war, but in basketball, it was it was it was every day was was pressure to win. Um, you know, they flew banners over to over to school at UCLA, and one of Steve's fired, and, and we went to three Sweet Sixteens. There's not there's not too many coaches on the planet that's been to three Sweet Sixteens. You know, and uh -huh. that's the pressure of winning there. They want national titles. Every time we came back off the Sweet Sixteen wins. There was nobody there to greet us. They were mad at us, you know. So I learned an awful lot about the pressure of winning and winning now. You know, they don't want to win later. They want to win now. And uh, mm -hmm. and, and they want to get the Final Four. So, so I got to learn that. I got a lot of gray hairs there, a lot of gray hairs, you know. <laughs> um, you know, mm -hmm. if people say, oh, it's easy to recruit to UCLA. Uh, it's not as easy as you think because you're, you're, you're not going up against the lower half of the Pac-12. You're going up against Calipari. You're going up against Kansas. You're going up against Duke, North Carolina, the other blue bloods that got just as much as you got when you're dealing with getting kids. You know, and I think we did a great job in that part. And uh, I also learned a lot from Steve. You know, Steve has a lot of wins in this business, and he knows how to coach. And uh, – He's doing a great job at Nevada, and and you know I learned I learned not only um, you know coaching from him, but I also learned you know he, you know we're playing uh, Kentucky. We had a winning record against Kentucky. We went in Kentucky, beat Kentucky, and then we went to Arizona and won at Arizona. No other school's ever done that in the same year. So learning those scouts, wow. learning to go against wow. the best in the in the world, you know, in coaching and learning the X's and O's from them has, has prepared me greatly to be a head coach and, you know, to do it at such a high level at UCLA. There's no other higher level than UCLA. 
you know, I was right up there with Duke mm-hmm. in North Carolina and Kansas. So I, uh-huh. I learned a lot from that. Go ahead. Uh, I learned, you know, I tell people all the time, if I went to a high school in L.A., there's people on the Internet saying, why ain't I'm not, why am I not at another school? Or why am I over here? Why am I not over here? Never happy. <laughs> Never happy. Right. And they know where I'm going sometimes before I know where I'm going, which was crazy. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So and then you lose, a, you lose a game. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's a lot of stress till you win the next one. Right. So a couple of things. One, did that, did that change your opinion of uh, if and when you're in a job search, uh, taking the job doesn't mean, you know what I'm saying? You know, from what I'm hearing, UCLA, it's a no-win situation. Well, you, you know, you if, know. If, if somebody called me to be a coach there, a head coach there, I'd go right back. Because it's also addicting. Uh-huh. And when I say addicting is – it, it, you get the chance to play against the best and you get a chance to compete against the best. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know I recruited Kevon Looney out of Milwaukee and we, and we, and we got, and we beat him over, uh, over Duke. You know, that's a great feeling. You know, we go, you know, to walk out of, uh-huh. out of Rupp arena, 22,000 people on top of you, you know, and have them quiet with five minutes left to go in the game. That's a, that's a feeling that, like no other, you know what I mean? Yeah. So right. um, the players playing the Sweet Sixteens in 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 uh, big arenas, you know, going up to Gonzaga and beating Gonzaga at Gonzaga, there's no greater feeling. So uh, mm-hmm. I do it again in a heartbeat. Love it. Uh, and something else too that I don't think people out there in this profession realize. You know, you, you went and you worked for Coach Alford. But Coach Offer played Indiana for Bobby Knight. So obviously he's got some stuff in his philosophy or program as a carryover that he learned. You know, that's a great learning opportunity for you too. Any assistant that works for him. Uh, you know, I don't know if that is ever a factor in your job search when you're looking for a job, but but where the coach came from is is, is. in my mind is huge. So uh did he talk? Did he have much to say? You know, could you tell that uh, what well, what he did in his program came from other programs. Yes, from we his ran plays career. that Bobby Knight ran. You know, we run. He still runs that mm-hmm. triangle, what we call triangle, where you know you put two two bigs down on each block and then you run guards through it. Stuff. Uh, we had great success with mm-hmm. it. That's a Bobby Knight play. Um, there's a couple, few others. He loves Bobby uh-huh. Knight. He talks about Bobby Knight all the time. You know, and we uh-huh. he, he learned a he learned a lot from Bobby Knight. You know. Uh, and he's an Indiana kid, so anything dealing with Indiana, he loves. So he he shared a lot uh-huh. of uh, Bobby Knight's philosophies uh, uh, to us on the on the court, especially the X's and uh-huh. So so obviously, Coach Alfred's run ends at UCLA. So so then what? You know, at the end of the run at UCLA, it was great. You know, and and it was just time to move on, and so. I move on and, and, and from UCLA and, and uh, Joaquin Jones, he, he called me and offered me a job at Cal. And I thought the greatest thing that, that, that was just unbelievable for me because, you know, I got to stay in the Cal system. You know, California, uh, Cal Berkeley and, and UCLA are in the same system. So it helped me in my retirement. 
it was still in the Pac-12. Obviously, I loved the Bay. I, I lived there. And um, it, was, it was a great opportunity to go up there and be a Cal Bear. So I really enjoyed my year at Cal. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, it was, it was a lot different than being at UCLA. And, uh, you know, the only thing happened was uh, there was a new AD there. And he wanted to make a change, and he made a change with Y King, and and um, so we go from there. Uh-huh. So just just to let all the listeners know, you've been very blessed, yeah. And I know you know that, but but from Sacramento State to USF, Oregon State, UCLA, and Cal is is unheard of from from all the people that I know. You know what I mean? You get one great job after another which is just uh, unbelievable. And that's a tribute to you, testimony to you of, of kind of person you are and your skill and your ability to get along with people. Heart, again, heart, big heart is a, is a big thing. So then you're at Cal. Um, tell us what uh, you got from that experience that you're able to take. Well, just the, you, you get to see it from a different light. You know, you're at a prestigious academic school um, that's trying to rebuild and the growth in the in the in the, the uh, you know the growing pains that you got to go through in rebuilds, uh, I saw it at at uh, Oregon State, I saw it at Sacramento State, you know. Um, so you know we were going to go through those pains of of turning a program around and to do it with really you know Cal is the only Pac-12 school without a practice facility. We have to use the rec gym, you know. Yeah. Well, I did not know that. There, there, um, you know, there's some limitations there. It's a lot of differences there. Mm -hmm. Um, People don't really realize that. Um, Therefore, while they struggle with money in in the uh, administration side of it. So I think it's over with now. I think they're doing a lot better. Um, But um, Uh we had to overcome those, um, those things. And, you know, just a different look at things. You know, Y King ran things differently, you know, but I got to learn from him. We were, mm-hmm. Another thing like we talked about, Y King coached for Rick Pitino. So, you know, being one thing right, he learned a lot from Coach Pitino, you know, who's a Hall of Fame coach. So, again, mm-hmm. I get to learn that. And that was, I'm very thankful for that. Right. <laughs> that, that's great. And, and again, uh, there's a there's kind of a theme going on here, and we're gonna we're gonna get into it uh, after this. But you know, you, your your network that you're you've been establishing and building every year in coaching continues to help you as you move forward. Uh, and we'll touch upon that uh, again. So you're at Cal. So now now after Cal, walk us well, through you know, that situation. Well, you know, where, where you I go to the Final Four. Uh, I was supposed to meet with Coach Fox at the Final Four about staying on at Cal, Mark Fox took over. And um, when I'm at, while I was at the Final Four, I saw Dana Allman, the head coach of Oregon. He comes up to me and says, hey, David, Lon Kruger at Oklahoma is very interested in you. Can I get your number? I'm going to give it to him because I think he's going to have an opening at Oklahoma. He'd like to speak with you. And I, I thought the world of that because I never coached with Dana Allman. <laughs> You know, and um, so Lon Kruger calls me and we interview at Oklahoma. I mean, I interviewed in, at the Final Four with, with Coach Kruger, who's going to be a Hall of Fame coach, if not already. 
And I was really excited about that. But during the interview, he said, hey, coach, I'm waiting on one of my assistants. He might get the Kennesaw State job. But can you wait like a month or whatever it takes for him to decide? And I said, sure. And while I'm waiting, um, Jerry Stackhouse gets the job at Vanderbilt. So I got to know Jerry very well by recruiting Brandon Ingram when I was at UCLA. And we finished second. You know, he stayed home at Duke. But we had Brandon out on official visit, and I was very close with the family. Um, he comes from a great family. And, and Brandon Ingram's from the same hometown as Stackhouse. He played in Stackhouse Elite's AAU program. So I got to know Jerry really well through that. And then Jerry used to always say, hey, I'm going to try to be a head coach in, in the NBA or if North Carolina opens. So when he got the job, I was shocked to see Vanderbilt. And I, um, <clears throat> excuse mm -hmm. me, I uh, called him just to congratulate him and mess with him. You know, like Vanderbilt's not North Carolina, just to, just <laughs> to mess with him. And so I called him and he said, hey, Gracie, I should be calling you. What's it going to take to get you off of the West Coast? And I was shocked to hear that, you know. So I just told him, make me associate uh -huh. head coach and offer me this much money and sign me for two years and, we'll, we'll, and I'll come. Not thinking that he was actually going to do that. <laughs> and he did it. Two days wow. later, maybe three days later, he calls me back and says, hey, I got it done. Uh, when you coming? So that's how I got wow. to Vanderbilt. Amazing. And, uh, you know, uh -huh. uh, I went there because I was still waiting on Oklahoma and I wasn't sure if th that assistant was going to leave or not. So. Right, right. Again, um, unbelievable <laughs> opportunity. Uh, and <clears throat> what, what's important, what I see outside looking in is the job you did at every, every step of the way. You know, uh, it's... You know, we have this thing where, uh, as a yes. player, you never know who's watching. And, and that's exactly the same thing right here. You never know. These coaches, they have no idea who's watching. Who, uh, you know, I hope they understand how important that is. Now, uh, a, a thing I want to talk about is the networking. Uh, talk to us about that and, and how. Uh, now, I know some people have to force themselves, especially uh, some head coaches, you know, they have to force themselves to, to greet and talk to people. That's one thing. That's a gift you have. You love talking to people. Uh, so talk, talk to us about your network and how that started building and when you realized or if you've already, always realized how really uh, important that is. Well, thank you. Is. And uh, I started networking when I got the dream of being, that's 1997, when I got the dream of being a, a Division One assistant and a Division One head coach. When I was coaching AAU, I would try to befriend the other coaches, you know, and, and get to know them because eventually I'm going to have to recruit their kids. Mm. So um, the networking started there, and then it, it brought I brought it, you know, it got broader with getting with the college coaches as well. I networked with Coach Lute Olsen when I rec uh, coached uh, Jared Bayless here in Phoenix and got to know Coach Olsen very well. He was instrumental in helping me get get the Sacramento State job. He made a call for me. You know, I couldn't do it without Atopuna Emma over at Compton Magic. I coached in the program as well. You know, and just networking with just different people uh, in the college state. I do it today. You know, I, I watched who, who won and who lost today, and I'll hit these coaches up 
and and you know they they always like to hear from people after wins so um so um so, you know I, i'll i'll text with three or four of them tonight um before i go to bed and, and and tell them that they're doing a great job because it's a lonely it's lonely when you're when you're a head coach so you like to hear from people <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely and, and also too you know people know when when right. They're BS. Someone's getting BS. They they know you're not BS, right. and they know it's coming from yeah. your heart, and that's why you're doing it. Yeah, and that's a key, and that's something that yeah you can't right. teach somebody how to do. You just got to tell them, you know. And and it's so important for these uh, coaches that that want to uh, move up, yeah, uh, and break in. Uh, now here here's a question for you. Uh, you know, you work for some great great programs and great head coaches. In your in your opinion, which I would say expert opinion because of the experience you got, what what is generally the difference between, let's say, uh, number one assistant, associate head coach, same thing in my mind, compared to being a head coach? And obviously there are different responsibilities because they got to deal with the public and stuff. But in your opinion, what what really are the well, true differences? Well, you know, on losses, it's, it's a big difference because that number one assistant don't have to take the heat like that head coach is going to take. You know, so that's that's uh-huh. the big difference. Uh, you know, a win and a loss, um, it goes to the head coach. It don't go to the associate head coach or the assistant coach in, in a lot of ways, you know. So mm-hmm. when you move over and you get to become that head coach, it's a different type of pressure. Um, um, but it's the type of pressure that I would love because I would want that responsibility. Put that thing on me because then I'll have a greater say. You know, the head coach has the ultimate say. Mm-hmm. So you're always, as associate head coach or the number one assistant, uh, uh, suggesting suggesting, and, and asking. You know, you're never saying, hey, we're going to do it this way. You know, because it's not your program. It's the head coach's program. And you gotta, you got to make sure you know that mm-hmm. head coach well and, and try, to, try to cater to what he likes. And, and uh, you know, especially – you know, for day-to-day operations, from X's to O's, from uh, dealing with kids, d- dealing with discipline, and and also in recruiting. You know, so it's a it's a it's a big difference mm-hmm. from that seat that's just what eighteen inches apart. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So so here here's a, a question that that you know I've never heard asked or talked about, but and I, I'll start out with me and then we'll, we'll go. I worked for four uh, head coaches, one of which loved recruiting and was good at it. The other three hated recruiting, you know, so they weren't into it. And to be, and you please uh, give your definition, but a great recruiter, you got to be passionate and love recruiting to be able to do that. So I didn't have, I didn't have the luxury of having a head coach that loved recruiting. I can't imagine what that would be like. So, and me looking at you as obviously uh, being a head coach uh, very soon, what an opportunity for the staff, you being, you being a great recruiter. But talk about that if, you know, in your experiences, uh, if you've had head coaches that loved it. And I know we talked about an example uh, in Arizona that you brought up. You know, that would be uh, – I think they'd love to hear that story because it, it, it's exactly the reason yeah, why. Yeah, I've worked with that. guys that, weren't, that didn't like recruiting. You know, some of them even hated it. You know, um, it's a lot that goes on in recruiting that, um, you know, it takes a lot of time to do. And you got other responsibilities. But 
you know, it's very difficult to have success these days with head coaches that don't recruit because of social media, because of a lot of other things. I, and I just like I showed you, I, I shared experience with you that that um, I'll share with everybody else. Like Sean Miller will get on the phone and speak to a recruit for like 40 minutes. And then at the end of the 40 minutes, he'll ask the kid, hey, is any other head coach talk to you today? And then if the kid says no, he says, oh, they're probably talking to somebody else that they think is a priority. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, Sean loves exactly. recruiting. Yeah, exactly. Before yeah. he became a head coach, he told Eddie Schilling, who was in his uh, wedding, and I worked with Eddie Schilling at UCLA, he said, when I become a head coach, I'm still going to recruit like I'm assistant coach. So, um, you know, the guys that love recruiting get players. And um, – is you can overcome it as assistant with coaches that don't like to recruit, but you got to do a whole lot, man. And you got to do a whole, whole, whole lot. And yeah. it's very, very hard, but you know, so I've tried to overcome it uh, in, in a lot of, in, in a few stops In a few stops, I was in paradise because my head coach loved to recruit. Right. Great, great, great advice. And again, uh, a testament to you because you are a great recruiter. Uh, so, um, you know, obviously next stop head coaching job. And, and uh, I, I want to reserve this opportunity. Now when you get, when you get your head job, you're coming on the be legendary podcast again. Now talk about, take us through your career. I would love that. With that. Thank you so that much, deal? man. That would be great. <laughs> Absolutely. This has been a great, great informational uh, podcast for people that want to get into coaching that are already in coaching, even if they're a Division One number uh, associate head coach. Advice that you've given. Is there any is, any last uh, uh, piece of advice or anything you'd like to say? Yeah, you know, we, uh, I always tell people you only need one yes. You're going to get a lot of no's, man. I got a ton of no's before I got that one yes at Sacramento State. And I didn't even know it was coming, you know. I had taken another high school job, and next thing you know, I get a phone call from Jerome Jenkins, who I did not know at all. And I did it. I got it through my networking, and um, I was so thankful. But I got told no a hundred million times, man, and only needed the one yes. So don't ever give up on your dreams. You know, do more with your 24. I tell kids that all the time. I said, and, and, and like you said, uh, uh, Gary, that – you never know who's watching. You never know who's looking. And, and if you do the right thing in your 24 hours and you show integrity, you know, I think, and you, and you treat people right, you're always going to be all right. Fantastic advice, Coach Grace. And we're going to let you go. Thank you so much again uh, for coming thank on. You so much, thank you so much. Thank you. It means soon. a lot. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, hey, this is Hug with today's little ditty, Did You Know? Nike's iconic slogan, Just Do It, was inspired by convicted murderer, Gary Gilmore. When asked any last words, Gilmore replied, let's do it. Nike's representative tweaked it, presented it to Nike, and the rest is history. Thanks for joining us this week uh, for the Be Legendary podcast. If you really enjoyed and got some information out of our show, please subscribe. It helps us tremendously. 
And make sure you visit our website, 24-seconds.com. See you next time.